0: Welcome to the Obey Podcast, where we see through mainstream narrative. No propaganda, no bullshit, just the truth. And now, here's your host, Matthew Keck.
1: To another episode of the Obey podcast. So I think this is going to be a fun one because I'm going to dive into this territory that isn't universally popular in the in the small government libertarian movement and that's talking about the events that unfolded last Friday where the Capitol building was stormed by a bunch of people who presumably wanted Trump to be you know state as president through 2024 and uh, were essentially Doing what some people are calling a coup or an insurrection. They broke into the building. They pushed through lines of police officers, um, a bunch of people through rocks, through windows. And people ended up entering the Capitol building. I'm sure you all know this. If you're, if you've, if you're far down the rabbit hole enough to find my podcast... You're probably familiar with the basic events of the news, so I'm going to spare you from an in-detailed recap, and we're just going to talk about my take on it and why I think other people have been misguided. So, okay, where where, where to start, where to start? I guess I'll start with where I stand, and then we'll go through why I think other people are wrong. Yeah, I I think that's a fair way to go about it. Okay, so here's where I stand. I, I'm sitting, you know, in my in my chair on on Friday. I, I pull up Twitter and I hear that all this is happening, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I was, I in in a, in a way, I was giddy, and I say I was giddy because, as I titled it, as as I discussed in a recent episode, I, I truly see the people who work in the state as evil people who have an evil agenda, and we, we shouldn't we shouldn't back down from thinking that. So when people in Antifa are calling everybody, you know, evil and oppressors, I, I don't think the issue is their, I guess, disdain towards people. I think it's that they're hating the wrong people for reasons that are bad. But everybody who works in the government is actively stealing from you without your consent, and they think they're good people for it. And for, for, for those basic reasons alone, I think there are people who are doing evil and are evil, and they are truly heinous and will only make your life worse the more you enable them, accept their behavior and normalize it. So I think these people really deserve the worst. Um, I, th- I, think they're a, I think they're a danger to my existence. I think they're a danger to anybody's con- existence if they don't agree with their, the state's political agenda. So th- these people are parasitic, and they're only trying to increase their own power, increase their dominance, and and they're trying to push their plans onto you whether you like it or not and they don't care if you disagree because you lost right you lost they're the ones with the power so they get to use their power and authoritarianism against you you have to get over it or else they'll throw you in a cage or else they'll essentially ostracize you so i have no respect for these people i have only negative feelings towards these people and i'm hearing that they're being attacked well so the way I look at it, coming from a person who is, sees the government legitimately as my enemy, I see Miami getting attacked. And I think they deserve it. So my, my, my initial reaction is, this is awesome. I, I'm glad these people are going to have something bad happen to them, and they deserve it for as much as I care. So as, as stuff started to roll out, I, I became less enthusiastic because you, you could tell it's just kind of protesters who managed to break through a line um, aimlessly wandering the Capitol. And although there are some videos you can watch where they truly are, they, they, they really are acting in like mob-like ways, it, I don't think it's fair to indict everybody who got into the Capitol because at some point pl- police lines gave up because they were breached and people were just flowing through. So, so the right thing to do sometimes is to stop you know, it's not like every single person who got in there personally had to knock down a cop to get in. It's really like the first wave fought through cops, and then they got in the building. So I'm not even ready to say that everybody who got in the Capitol was even violent. Um, they, they were just people who, you know, were in a broken into building that they weren't supposed to be in, doing things that were—they they were essentially memeing. They, they, they were making jokes, they were posting selfies, and they, they thought it was all a grand joke. So this is why it's so dishonest when people are calling this a coup and even even using the word insurrection is dishonest. So technically the aims of the people could have at some point been to disrupt the vote, but I think you're almost assigning too much um too too, too much legitimate political action to what they did. Because, because, because from what i'm seeing although there were some people who were walking around with zip ties who clearly wanted this to be like a a murderous spree i'm, I'm not discounting that but if you look at the, if you watch the videos it seems like a, a large portion of the people are there as if it's like some kind of some kind of charade it's it's funny to them they, they they're 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 super pro trump they, they, they get in they're like oh yeah we got in here, we showed them who's boss and they took selfies and they're like, "Haha, we're owning the lips. You know, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a picture of Pelosi's desk and I'm going to I'm, gonna, I'm going to essentially disrespect the people who I feel have screwed me. And so, so 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 I guess the first thing I would say to all the people who are acting like this is an insurrection and it's a coup and this is the most this is one of the saddest in American history. One, I just don't think that's the correct interpretation of events when it just comes to, like, how the people who are actually there seem to think of it. So, a lot of these people who are there weren't, like, violent degenerates. They were really people who got in, and they were part of the protest, and then they think it's funny for the reasons why, I guess, I kind of would think it's funny. It's all the people they don't respect thinking that, um, and, and then they, for the first time in probably, you know, a couple months, they feel like they gotta win right? So even though they didn't think anything tangible was going to come of this, and they, they, they definitely don't think they're domestic terrorists that are on equal footing of like the Boston Marathon bomber, or like, uh, you know, Oklahoma City bombing, they, 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 there's no reason they should be construed as that, because so many of them are just smiling and they're goofing around. And it's not, it's like, yeah, sure, there are a couple dudes who looked like they're about to kill 15 people if they had the chance. But that that's, I don't think that's representative. I don't think that's a truthful analysis and and i mean true in like the pure sense of the word i don't think ben shapiro is intentionally misaligning all the people but i, I mean true is and i don't think that's accurate so so then the other thing i would say and that this is more applicable if you're coming from a small um a small government perspective a more libertarian approach is you, you shouldn't be a fan of things like public property and you shouldn't be a fan of things like our democratic system um, because our democratic system is what's got us here to the, this level of um, you, you being sold from on a daily basis. right? So so far our democratic system has got us losses for liberty for the last hundred like several hundred years or a few hundred years since the American experiment started. So this isn't something that we should be like thinking of as the be-all end all. I, the, the, it, so all democracy has gotten us is more of our liberties taken from us. It's gotten us bipartisan governance that's really only led to bigger and bigger, more corrosive, more parasitic government and more, more theft and more, more waste of money and more cronyism. So democracy shouldn't be something we're cheering on because it's clearly not an effective system. It hasn't protected your income, it hasn't protected your rights, and it just shows how and, and it hasn't protected like really your, your autonomy to do anything that's peaceful. I um, mean, as you can see, I guess, an example I like to bring up all the time now is the lockdowns. Even if you think people should be very um, afraid and cautious about the coronavirus, businesses have lost basic rights to run a business how they see it should. Um, I mean, and that, that, that's if you take for granted that they were allowed to beforehand. And but if you take things like minimum wage seriously, it's like, well, you're you're, you're restricting, you know, a private agreement that's not violent. So the government clearly isn't treating you as a free individual, and that's where democracy has gotten us. But these same people who will typically agree with me on those points will say democracy is sacred and our institutions sacred. And there, there's no reason to ever act in a violent way. Well, I mean, I, I guess this is clear from, from <laughs> you can guess what I'm gonna say. I'm okay with violence because they're using violence against us every day. Um, every, every time they infringe on your rights, they're using violence against you. It's the threat of violence that keeps you in line. If you start pushing back from them, They don't like it. So there's always this threat against you. So for people to say that they're mad with the government and respond in a way that it's not peaceful, I'm more than happy with. Okay, so now we should address a couple other counter arguments. So I kind of just talked about, I guess, why we shouldn't inherently think our institutions are sacred, which is because I guess democracy is kind of awful and isn't something we should strive for. And then I've talked about um, why, I guess, I think violence is okay because it's it's self-defense. Anything you do against the state is self-defense. So that kind of flows into a, a point I want to make. And so a common sentiment you're seeing from left-wing people that was kind of throwing it back at right-wing people is, hey, you guys hated on the Black Lives Matter protests. So why are you guys for this? You guys were against riots, but you guys are cool with this. What's going on? So one, m- most Republicans are not defending what happened in the Capitol like I am right now. Um, so whatever argument I make isn't a representative argument to make against them. Um, and I'm going to make a different argument that kind of doubles down on everything I'm saying against the state. So I wouldn't expect Republicans to agree with it. But I think it also, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of the Black Lives Matter rally. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm okay with their rallies, but I'm not a fan of their riots. And the reason I'm not afraid of the—I'm not a fan of their riots is because they were mindlessly attacking um, private Property for kind of bogus reasons. So right, so 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 they break into targets and they start looting targets and it's like why? Well, it's because capitalism's racist and then there's a unequal distribution of income in the United States. Well, I don't think that's justification to steal from a random business in your area. Um, I don't think any reasonable person thinks that's a a reasonable reason to steal. So. Well, what they were doing is they're breaking into buildings and they were stealing stuff from companies and from individuals and small businesses and big businesses purely because they generally like weren't black owned or something as arbitrary as that. But when we see the attack on the Capitol building, they were attacking public institutions. And I don't see any reasons why the public institutions should be defended, because unlike Target, you know, the United States government has stolen a lot from me. So uh, unlike my local corner store that has an ATM in it where people break in and try to blow up the ATM to steal money, unlike that, the United States government only does things every day to try to take away more and more of my stuff and to limit the things I'm allowed to do so there's like a pretty good reason to attack the capital there's a pretty bad reason to you know infiltrate a target if somebody broke into a target and said it's for racism or because capitalism isn't good you'd say okay but target has the right to their stuff you can't just break other people's houses and steal it because you're against i guess um people's freedom to you know and interact in the terms of uh, in terms of commerce That, that that's not a that's not a defense that stands up under any scrutiny but a defense that does stand up under scrutiny is these lawmakers are actively going out of their way to steal from you, and they have all their they they have their buildings and their houses. But these are people who hurt me. If somebody hurt a member of my family, like you wouldn't you it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Or the the average person would say, well, you went and got essentially revenge, right? And I'm okay with that type of violence or that type of destruction. Uh, so I I think that's the appropriate response that the attacking of a capital or a state building is more valid than the attacking of say random private businesses. Um, so, so that's the response to that comparison that I feel has been very out of place. Now a good counterargument to what I said is that the people who attack capital don't actually hate the state. And that's because and the reason they, you know, attack capital is cuz they're huge Trump Diehard fan diehard fans I've seen um, the election in their mind stolen from them given to joe biden and they're you know attacking or t- t- they're, they're they're generally bringing destruction and mayhem because they feel like they've been they, 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 they've been robbed and most of these things haven't been defended well in terms of like providing evidence i, I did lay out a few episodes back why i don't assume elections aren't rigged <laughs> um so i guess i have some of my sympathy in that sense but i mean i would agree that they haven't provided good evidence that the election was rigged in all the states trump lost or anything so so I, I, I guess there's this point to be made that, okay, well, these people don't think the state is the enemy though. so it's they weren't acting in self-defense. And I would say, okay, to some extent you're right, but when you're talking about two people two, two groups of people that are I guess are your enemy, right? So you, you heard this talking point out of a lot of libertarians with the riots going on in Portland because the Portland Antifa riots would turn into Antifa versus cops. And when it comes to Antifa versus cops, you shouldn't really be defending either of them because you don't really like either of them. So every time an Antifa protester gets, you know, beat up by a cop for doing something, it's like, okay, well, the Antifa person wants to push an agenda that would steal a lot of money from me. So I don't really feel too bad for him. He wants to elect somebody who will, you know, confiscate 40% of my income. So I'm not going to cry about him getting hurt. And then when cops um, don't want to be cops anymore and quit, because everybody hates their guts, I don't really feel bad for the cops because I don't want people, you know, going out there and exercising what the state wants. So in, in that situation, it's two of my enemies fighting each other and making life harder for each other. And when your enemies are losing, even if it's against people who you don't agree with, it's still a loss for your enemies. So I'm not saying Antifa's my friend in that situation, but I'm saying the cops losing and less people wanting to be cops is a win for me. So in this situation, you have... The people who are Trump supporters essentially doing something that I wish libertarians were doing and even if they're doing it for the wrong reason it's still an attack on an institution that I think should be destroyed so the the, the Republicans who like Trump even if I think their reasons are completely you know silly and obtuse they're still going out there and they're doing something that I'm I'm very happy with it, So so when, when it comes from the perspective of like do I think it's justified? Well, I think it's justified if you have the right reasons. I don't think their reasons are particularly good. But the fact is, people are attacking the government. And I don't think the government should exist for all the, 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 all the reasons I lay out in pretty much every episode. I think they only do more harm than good, and um, they, they, they violate my basic autonomy on a daily basis. So I'm not going to be aggrieved when they get attacked. And they, they don't deserve your sympathy either. Um, so, and and even if you agree with their ends, you got to remember that there are people like me out there who are getting violated by them. So even if you think, okay, well, I'm okay if the government takes, you know, some of my money for, 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 you know, roads and, uh, firefighters, it's like, okay, but remember that there are people like me who don't, and I wish I could contract that work out to somebody who'll do it better. Or, or, or just do it in a different way. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that the government's bad at it. It could just be they handle it differently. Um, so you have to remember that, even in that Thai scenario, right, where somebody's happy with the government, they have to remember, well, other people aren't, and they're still being forced into it, and that's not right. Okay, so I laid that out. Um, there, there was a there's another thing I wanted to uh, address, and it's the media's response to everything. So now that we're, you know, a few days off from, from the quote-unquote insurrection happening, it's it's you can see in the media and you can see on social media how they've responded to anybody who puts out a remotely sympathetic, um, a remotely sympathetic, a remotely sympathetic message in agreement with the protesters, or anything that's even right wing in general, or anything that's outside of the three by five card of allowable opinion, and you're seeing people get banned left and right from Twitter and Facebook. Trump got banned, and that was kind of the first domino that fell. And people are essentially getting blacklisted for having views that aren't acceptable to mainstream opinion. So what, what should our takeaway be from that? So I guess, I, I, I guess there's two things that are very separate and can seem contradictory, but they aren't contradictory. So ideally, I wouldn't ban Trump from Twitter, I wouldn't ban people from Twitter, I'd have Twitter be like Parler or Gab, where it's complete free speech central, but of course Parler and Gab are toxic places to be in because there aren't any left-wing people, so it's just a complete and utter echo chamber. And Twitter with everybody on it is already an echo chamber enough, but Parler and Gab are like complete echo chambers. So instead of, you know, siloing people, I, I would just let everybody do it. But of course, I don't run Twitter, and I don't think anybody should have the right to tell Twitter what to do. But... So 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 that that decided, it's like, okay, I disagree with what Twitter does, whatever, that's just my opinion as a podcaster. So now you have to go to the outlook now that we know what Twitter's done. And now that we know what Twitter's done and other social media companies have done, and what how the media is just treating people in general, I think we should be viewing what they did as something that, although it's bad, is going to be a good thing. Now why would I say it's a good thing? Well, it's because the outcome of essentially painting everybody as a demonic figure, if they agree with anything right wing or anything Trumpian, or if they don't immediately, you know, decry Republicans or beg for Trump to get impeached, all those, since all those people are now seen as demonic, um, you're getting increased polarization. You're getting people who say, I don't have the same basic values as all these people who still voted for Trump in 2020. I don't have the same basic values as all the people who stood by the rioters in 2021 and thought what they did was fine. And now that you are see, now, now you have these people who are waking up to the fact that groups of people who have nothing in common in terms of their outlooks on the world or their perceptions or their feelings are legislating over each other and how absolutely absurd it is to have these Warring groups fight over a lever of power. And when you get this increasing polarization, polarization, it kind of shows how much of a farce everything is. And I know we've been polarized for a long time. Like there's been heightened polarization since Obama was president. And, you know, you have less people who are willing to compromise on all kinds of issues. But but this is one of those moments where it really shows the people who are like institutionalists versus people who want to take down the system. And it shows the people who are willing to like who who are true diehard Trump supporters against the people who will like scream and cry like they're down Lemon on CNN. And when you have people who don't just go from being like agreeing on all the right wing issues and all the, on the left wing is, issues and then you get the people who start getting morally righteous about it. Like, like I saw this whole Reddit thread and, and this Reddit thread was about how the FBI wants to identify people who are at the Capitol um, riots. And they want to identify them, and they will give you a reward for identifying them, and they put those people on the no-fly list until they're unproven, I guess, as domestic terrorists, because that's what the FBI is doing right now. If they, if they can identify you, who, who you are, they're putting you on a no-fly list and taking away your rights because you showed up, and you made fun of the government, and you laughed in their face, all, all in the name of your stupid political identity. So so there are these people on Reddit who are talking about how how self... They're, 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 they're gloating about how righteous they are because they know they, they 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 know one of their friends or one of their family members was at this riot and they reported them to the fbi and they're like hey fbi go crack down on this person take away more of their rights you know why because they, they showed up at an event where not that many people got hurt i know some people died and some people got hurt but there wasn't a single senator representative in the government that actually died a cop died and some people who were rioters died but it's not like we heard that nancy pelosi died there weren't any congressmen or house representatives members that got hurt during this um, some got their stuff stolen, and some got their uh, you know, their offices destroyed. But they, they, they weren't actually physically harmed in in this event. Well, now random people who were just there, who were just there, are being put on no-fly lists. And these people on Reddit are gloating about how they put their uncle and aunt that they always disagree with at Thanksgiving um, into government trouble. And those people will probably see a judge. And those people will probably get sentenced harshly because now it's becoming a bipartisan consensus to, you know, say all these people were heinous. And to decry them, it's like a new litmus test on if you're an acceptable person in in the public. So, you have these self-righteous redditors who are, it's not just that these people are left-wing and right-wing in terms of how they view the world, but it's these people are willing to rat out their own family members. So, when you get things that are this extreme, it's going to, it's inevitably going to drive talks of like a peaceful secession. Or any type of way where we don't have to work with the people at the other party, where we can go into our own little universe, and that there isn't grounds to be unified. Fr- frankly, I-, I was listening to a podcast where people were talking about how we need unity, and we just need both sides to come to the table and talk. I, I think this was, um, I think this was a little bit on the Dave Rubin, t- t- and the- when Dave Rubin recently interviewed Tulsi Gabbard. But, but frankly, if you're an anarchist or a very small government person. If you show up to the table to even talk about one of these issues, you've really conceded the battle that the government should do something. And, but, 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 frankly, they're they're losing the will to even want to come to the table because they just see the other side as so disgusting. It's like, hey, no, the, these people committed a sin. The I I see the capital as absolutely sacred, right? I love democracy, and how dare they? And if any of these people didn't immediately, immediately go go down to their knees and say, like, forgive me, forgive me for for my ways, I've egged this on then you are you are disenfranchised. And even some of the people who have flipped on this or, or any person who really um, says anything that's right wing they aren't even given they aren't even being forgiven those people are being lumped in with the rioters, even though all they did was essentially spew right- wing talking points and then you know suggest that there could potentially be election fraud and, and frankly on this podcast I've suggested well there, there's no reason to assume there was an election fraud and it's because that's what's true. Um, and, and you don't need evidence to say I think there's a universe where the election was stolen. It's it's just assuming that activists would do the right thing as a silly assumption. So I'm not saying one either way. I'm just saying I'm agnostic on it. Well, if you're a Republican congressman and you thought it was in your political interest to you know put put those ideas forward and say, well, maybe it was stolen. I'm not really sure. I think we should um, not be so proactive about certifying things. I think we should uh, investigate further. Well, now you are. There are people who think you should be charged with treason for promoting things that these rioters agree with. And even though you haven't even broken into any buildings, which I'm perfectly fine with you doing, but even these people who are getting in trouble, all they did was talk. All they did was say ideas the left doesn't like, and they think they should be kicked out of the House and the Senate forever and never be allowed to hold government positions again, and they want them tried on charges of treason. So I I guess what I'm saying is the white pill here, the optimism here is that people are getting more polarized. And it was easy to think five years ago in 2015 that people couldn't get more polarized. And then we had Trump and Hillary and people were really polarized. And then 2020 came along and we got more polarized with the lockdown in the 2020 election. Now 2021 rolls around and then six days into 2021, we got that event. And although I think there's a lot of Republican unity, you're getting every Republican, whether they agreed with it or not, lumped in with the rioters. And you're seeing people who are on the left going to rat out their own family to the feds. So I don't think there's a lot of hope for unity. And I think that's a good sign for peaceful secession or limited government. Because the only logical next step, and I know it's I know it's stupid to assume that they'll use logic and reason when we're talking about the political sphere and wielding power. But, but the logical conclusion, and if you can get this out to enough people, if you can get this in... Um, you, you know, in the movie, They Live, where they, well, and that's what the show is named after. <laughs> so I'd hope you know the movie, They Live. But, you know, they have these, um uh, uh, on the media building, there's just this big, uh you know, uh, a, a big way to send out their signal, right? So so up at the top, we, we, we just need to point out this small rational thing. We just have to tell them, like, hey, guys, you guys hate each other, so why have the ability to rule over each other? Well, what's a way to resolve that problem, then it doesn't matter that you really hate your uncle because he really loves Trump. That would resolve the issues. That's the first step. And we're nearing that first step, and that's just going to snowball. And it doesn't look like things are going to get any better anytime soon. So that that's my optimism. <laughs> and I know this came off the economics uh, episode that was a little pessimistic on the outlook. But, but, but that that is my optimism out of all this. It's all the analysis is wrong. This wasn't that bad of an event, but it's going to be heralded as a turning point in terms of, you know, using it as a self-righteous thing to brag about. You're like, of course, all those people are evil and I'm the good guy because they um, agree with the riders more than I do. So people are going to use this um, similarly to how the whole Trump line where he said there were good people on both sides for the, for, for the 2016 Charlottesville protests. It's it's going to be used in the same way to hide and polarization, and I I think I think that's going to be a good thing for the libertarian movement and the small government movement. So I hope you guys agree with that. I, ho- I hope what I'm saying is true because any sign of optimism is is much needed at this point. There hasn't been a lot of optimism for the liberty movement in the last twenty years. Um. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I spewed a lot out there. I hope I wasn't too redundant or I hope I wasn't self contradictory, and I hope I made some sense to you guys. And I hope that's why you tune in. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out the backlog and my upcoming episodes. And thank you for listening to The Obey Podcast.
0: If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher or share the podcast with a friend. You can find out more information about The Obey Podcast at anchor.fm. Slash Obey Podcast or on Twitter at The Obey Podcast. Until next time. Next time.